Robert, are you on this Friday, May the 13th? This is the Doc Washburn Show and Podcast. We're so thankful to have you. Of course, I am not Doc Washburn. I'm Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn, who's out on the campaign trail. And, man, we've got some great things to report to you today. Got a wonderful show lined up for you, and uh, just really excited. We're going to be talking about the latest Clinton aide to die, Mark Middleton, from right here in Arkansas, very prominent guy. There is some uh, a huge twist to the story, and it's not Epstein. Uh, we'll talk about the connection to Epstein, but then we're going to drop the bombshell on you. Uh, and so you'll only get this right here. I don't know that you'll hear what I'm going to tell you because I'm here in Arkansas and Little Rock specifically. So have a little bit of detail. been doing some digging all evening and uh, afternoon and evening and got some stuff for you. Also, we're going to be talking about the race, the Senate race in Pennsylvania. And we're going to be talking about Kathy Barnett is Dorothy uh, in the production of Oz, uh, Pennsylvania style. So we're going to have a great time. Before we get started, I want to give you a great ad. I got a, uh, another little, uh, tidbit to tell you about when we come back from the, uh, from the commercial, but here we go. Realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options, and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. Yes, you will. Uh, today have a little story to tell you. Uh, Doc had actually bought a car from there, had a issue, uh, and it was a used car and it was not an issue that, uh, was, uh, paramount or something that would be, uh, indicative of the, of the car not being a good car. It's been a great car. We put thousands of miles on it, literally traveling all over the state of Arkansas over the last 90, 120 days. And uh, it seemed like it was an alternator or something like that. It may have been a computer chip, uh, like a sensor. And uh, anyway, took it to a shop uh, because uh, the local Red River Your Way uh, place that they can pick up is a little ways from uh, where the studio is. So anyway, I called Mitch and just told him what was going on. Doc was super busy. He said, no problem. He had the car picked up, uh, had a loaner waiting on Doc, and uh, just kept kept motoring so uh call red river your way uh and talk to them uh, or go online even better pick out the car you want 
figure out the financing. Then once you get that all figured out, all you have to do is tell them where you live, and they're going to drop it right at your front door. It's going to be a great experience. We have sure enjoyed it here at the Doc Washburn Show and Podcast, and we appreciate you so very much on this Friday, uh, the 13th. So uh, if you believe in that kind of stuff, then, uh, you know, do what you got to do, right? Uh, but uh, it, be that as it may, uh, very sad. So I don't, I don't want this to be in any way uh, flippant today. I, and, and I thought long and hard before I delved into this uh, subject today. But I thought it was, one, it's newsworthy. Two, I think there are some fascinating, and when I say fascinating, uh, not uh, the, the necessarily the death of Mark Middleton, which is just unbelievably sad, 59 years of age. Uh, you can look him up. He was a Clinton aide, was at the Clinton White House for several years, a longtime family here in Arkansas. He was an attorney, then took over the family business, uh, grew the family business to unbelievable heights. And a lot of that was uh, uh, with his connections with Bill Clinton, but no doubt he was a great businessman as well. Uh, from the uh, huge HVAC or air conditioning, uh, heat and ventilation, air conditioning, air conditioning uh, business they built, he started a, uh, a capital investment firm and uh, really done well with that. And uh, Excuse me. Very, very prosperous and uh, high level. Uh, kept kind of a low profile after leaving the White House way back in uh, the uh, 90s. But, and, and didn't hear a lot from him, but there, uh, you ask anybody about Middleton Heat and Air uh, in the whole metro area of Little Rock, and they'll know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, but uh, some of the tidbits of that story is is when uh, Mark Middleton was actually at the White House. Uh, it was found out later that he allegedly used the White House access to bring in business people and kind of used it as as a tool uh, to build his business. But in all fairness, uh, most of those aides and people. Uh, the reason they take time off of their jobs or take time off of their positions or leave their companies, uh, Rex Tillerson leaves his company uh, and comes to work as chief of staff for uh, Donald Trump is because they think that it will benefit their bottom line, their pocketbook. I mean, it's just uh, that's just the nature of the beast. Shouldn't be that way, but that's uh, very few go there just to serve. Um, and Mark Milton definitely was no exception to that rule. He actually was the aide or uh, chief of staff to uh, Mac McClarty, who, quick story, uh, side story, Mac McClarty, uh, where my office is, uh, Mac McClarty actually, uh, his deal, one of his dealerships is literally next door. Obviously, I don't ever see Mac McClarty. Uh, but I've gone there to get oil changes and stuff. But Matt McClarty, who was the chief of staff for Bill Clinton, uh, and then Mark Middleton was his uh, chief of staff. So he was the chief of staff to the chief of staff and uh, listed as an advisor to the president. And then uh, he uh, left the White House. And after he left the White House, he uh, 
was uh, the White House. It was interesting. I, I covered this a little bit last night. We're going to go much deeper tonight because there's the story's got some legs. And then there's a huge twist that I'm going to give you here in a little bit. And just it's it's it, you can't make this stuff up. It's it's fascinating. And the the Epstein. Uh, connection. Some of you may or may not know about that. If you've been reading any of this at all, you've you've made the connection. But of the 17 trips that Epstein made to the White House during the Clinton era, uh, it is said allegedly that Mark Middleton uh, arranged seven of the 17. So almost, uh, almost, uh, or, or right at half of those, uh, he made. Uh, he arranged for those. Uh, to and and it was uh, that that Epstein would come to the White House, and it is said that he actually is the person who introduced uh, Bill Clinton to uh, Epstein. So, uh, and then it's not, and I dug into this a little bit. I didn't see a direct connection. People like to make connections, uh, but uh, Maxwell uh, Epstein's uh, partner in crime. Uh, you know, had her sentence reduced by 10, uh, years, but she still has like 40 years or something like that. Uh, it was reported, and I don't know how factual this is, and it may be very factual, but that, uh, she, it was reported that in exchange for the 10 years, but from what I read, uh, the 10 year reduction was based on many of the charges were redundant. Uh, but it was been reported that she got the 10 years reduced in exchange for names. And I've not seen that and that, that's been quite prominent in the news, but I, in, in the accounts of, of the type of reporters I, I like to, uh, lean on, uh, I did not see that and I will definitely be, sta- I'll stand to be corrected if that is not, if that is not the case. So, uh, instantly when everyone started talking about uh, Mark Milton, okay, here goes another Clinton aide, uh, in the long, long list of Clinton aides, uh, and Vince Foster and Seth Rich, uh, stick, uh, stick out, you know, uh, really, really prominently there. Seth Rich, who, uh, worked in the Clinton, uh, campaign and allegedly found some stuff that he was not supposed to find and died mysteriously walking the streets of Washington, D.C. Uh, and then Vince Foster, uh, who, uh, had some information that could have been detrimental, allegedly, to the Clintons, uh, took his own life. And from everything that we have been able to ascertain about, uh, Vince Foster's death, uh, it's, it's more than suspicious. Um, and then it's being reported here in the local media, uh, and, and, uh, typically media doesn't uh, they're very hesitant to, to report on, uh, cause of death when it is self-inflicted. And, uh, that is being bantered about. All the family is saying is, uh, that it was sudden and, uh, was not of natural causes or something kind of cryptic. Uh, and, but there are reports leaking out. I did put a call in to a friend of mine who has people in the coroner's office, uh, to find out, um, but uh I, I honestly I, I kinda that's not the main part of the story. The story to me is not uh you know uh, b- b- uh how he died or I, I just think that's a little ghoulish and, and I, I just I'd like to give the family a little more closure and uh 
you know, a little more respect, whether I agree with them or not. I just, I just don't like to go there. So I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time and glorify that and, and, and spend a lot of time on, well, did, you know, did he die from, from suspicious, um, uh, causes, uh, or circumstances? Uh, but suffice to say that there have been so many people that are close to the Clintons that have, um, that have died untimely and very uh, strange deaths. That it's it's nearly impossible for it to be, uh, or improbable for it to be st- statistically uh, possible. Uh, but uh, we don't know with Mark Middleton. Well, we do know that he uh, was very close to Bill Clinton at one time, and what we do know is that he allegedly. Uh, or we're quite certain of this, he did introduce, uh, Bill Clinton to, uh, Epstein. And, uh, and then whether there is a connection directly to, uh, what happened with Maxwell's reduction of sentence, uh, and Mark Milton's passing. Uh, I did find it fascinating, uh, and fascinating is probably not the, uh, the right word given the grave uh, circumstances and, and the subject matter. Uh, but I, I did think it cruelly ironic, uh, that allegedly, and we don't know this for sure, but this has been fairly widely reported that he, he died on Mother's Day and, uh, which just seems to be, uh, even, uh, even more, uh, just, just really, really sad. Um, and, and, and you just see this uh, web, uh, and, and a lot of times we as conservatives we think, well, you know, these people, these 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 degenerate, uh, you know, criminals, and, and I'm talking about, you know, uh, all through uh, Republicans and Democrats that have just lived, you know, just horrendous lives. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm certainly not talking about Mark. Milton, because I don't know anything about the man other than who he hung around with. And, you know, you can make that judgment if you would. But I'm talking about the, the or if you will, but the, 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 the entirety of this thing, uh, and whether it be BLM or whether it be uh, the 2,000 mules or whether it be whatever, and we can get this idea that people are getting away with stuff, but we, we fail to realize, yeah, there's man's, uh, there's man's, Law and then there's God's law and you know uh, we, we're going to have to answer for everything we do and nothing everything hidden will be known one day and some of that becomes known sooner than later um, but it's just a, a really sad and a lot of mystery uh, around this and and it, you know and quite honestly the uh, the, the conspiracy theorists really. Uh, get cranked up on this and, and certainly have. And there'll probably be some stuff come out in the days and weeks. And actually I know some people, uh, and, and they may, uh, I stay in contact with them fairly regularly who actually work for, uh, the company. And Mark Milton probably didn't know them if they, they were to walk right up to him. And he may have, but I don't think so. It's a really large company. Uh, and so there was, a uh, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of circumstances, but there is a twist to this story that is quite unbelievable. 
uh, and it's uh, it's it's not uh, the most savory thing. And so I got to be kind of careful because I just you know I, I try really hard to be salt and light, and uh, and so there's some inference there that I'll I won't delve into, uh, but it's just the it's just what I'm going to report to you, what I'm going to tell you about uh, that is uh, nothing less than fascinating. And it, when you hear it, you're going to say uh, that is completely believable. And what I'm going to tell you is, uh, you know, it's it's provable uh, as far as I know, and I've actually seen uh, evidence of it. And I think you can. You can access that evidence as well, uh, and not online, but actually in person. So uh, when we come back, I'm going to uh, delve into that, and uh, can't wait to come back and tell you more about it. Got a couple of things right now that we want to share with you uh, from our great sponsors. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton. M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justice team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Thanks to the guys. Most of you will listen to this later. I think we had about over 1,700 uh, yesterday, uh, 1,700, right at 1,700 downloads uh, the day before. And, uh, Friday's usually a very good day for us. I and mean, we're thankful to have our live listeners. We have several that listen to us. I do the podcast at different times. And so sometimes I'll do it the wee hours of the morning. I try to always do it on the day of, so I'm staying fresh with the news. And again, for our live listeners, thank you for hanging with us. I just poured me a big cup of coffee in my favorite cup. Uh, I use eight o'clock coffee. Uh, they're not a sponsor, uh, but uh, check it out. You can get it at Kroger. Uh, I read a review one time and said that I believe they said uh, as far as K-Cups, and that's what I use here at the house because I'm the only one that drinks coffee. And uh, I uh, my my wife doesn't drink coffee, so I just, you know, make one cup at a time. And I have this routine where I, I drink a cup in the morning, I drink a cup, around three o'clock in the afternoon and then I drink a cup uh late at night because it doesn't 
keep me up. And so typically three cups, but if somebody drops by the office or if I'm doing a special podcast or something or for any other excuse, I'll, you know, have a couple extra. So it's not uncommon for me to have, you know, three every day, but I'll have four to five uh, on a fairly regular basis. So I don't drink, you know, I guess I do drink a good bit, but not just uh, a massive amount. But my my favorite is eight o'clock coffee. Uh, it's really good, uh, and you can get it. Like I said, it uh, most uh, I don't think Walmart has it. Uh, they have it like in the grounds, but not in the K cups for some reason. Uh, but it's a really good cup of coffee. I've got a cup right here, and during the commercials, and <coughs> excuse me, when I'm uh, playing a clip, I'll uh, catch a sip. But uh, I, I like the idea of drinking coffee as much as I do coffee. I think. Uh, and, uh, but it's, uh, I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, uh, my, my wife and I, and I'm going to, I'm going to finish up the story because I got another really fascinating, uh, story to tell you. And, uh, and I want to finish this. So I hadn't forgot about the Mark Middleton story and this twist that I'm going to give you here. Uh, let, let me go ahead and get, let me finish that up and then I'll tell you a really good experience we had last night. It was, uh, wife and I went to dinner after, Bible study and it was, it was just, you know, you have, I found that if you go out and eat too much, you don't enjoy it. And, and we do because it's just the two of us. Uh, we, uh, we tend to eat out a good bit. My wife loves to cook. She's a great cook. Everything she cooks is just phenomenal and cooks a lot of different stuff, makes great etouffee and gumbo and uh, all kinds of things, um, that, that are favorites of ours. But, um, uh, Anyway, um, I'll just tell you, we, we finished up Bible study last night. We have one of our uh, lay ministers that is doing a series on Wednesday nights. We normally are in small groups, and uh, but uh, during the semester break, we come together uh, as a group, uh, except for the children, and uh, just have kind of a group in, in, uh, in, the, in the worship center. And so uh, Charles Michael does a phenomenal job teaching was uh, taught and then so after the after it was over about eight o'clock we slipped over right across the street from uh, our church where we attend uh, and I'm actually the pastor there uh, we slipped over to Outback and uh, I, I like Outback I like I like their steak and we walk in and it's it's no one's there there's there was the bar had maybe four two or three people and it was pretty loud over there and they were going to sit us in the bar or seat us in the bar and I get it because they didn't want to you know mess up the rest of the uh lunch room or our or dining room and my wife just asked said you know and she was very kind and didn't didn't want to be a diva about it but said would you mind if we sat in the dining room is there anywhere that wouldn't be an inconvenience for your staff uh just so we could you know hear us you know we could visit and the lady was so accommodating, said, absolutely, and a young lady, and she said, absolutely. And so it was the very first booth, and we sat there. Man, the steak was just awesome. The salad was awesome. Uh, the sweet potato was awesome. Uh, everything was just so good, the bread, the butter. Uh, my wife had the uh, sirloin with the uh, shrimp, and uh, it was it was just uh, – I even got a little bit of it. It was, it was just super good. It was great, just great evening. And, uh, but we had a lady that waited on us. It was, uh, on up in age, you know, typically your wait, wait staff, they're typically younger in these chain type places at least. You can get diners and stuff that'll be older, uh, 
uh, ladies or, or sometimes a man, but, but rarely. And, uh, but it was an older, uh, African American or black lady. And, uh, man, she was so hyper, but she was so attentive. She was just wonderful and she was just so nice, you know, and, and so often now you have people that are just so impersonal and they act really, I mean, you pull up to a driving window, they act like they really, they, they'd rather you pull off. And she was just so kind, so nice, you know, and, and, uh, we left there and left our really good tip and just, it was a great meal. And she was just so, uh, so good. Uh, and I thought about it today. I thought, you know, I said, I, I need to go back. I need to give her, and I left her a pretty, you know, pretty sizable tip. But I said, you know, I, I want to go back and I want to, I want to give her some more. And I just want to thank her for being so personable. You know, so often we, man, we're quick to, uh, my wife and I probably are not. We're not big complainers and we're never going to go to the manager and say, you know, we didn't get good service. We just don't do that. Uh, but I'm sure they hear that a lot and they probably hear more about what was wrong than what was right. So I, I think I, I definitely need to go back tomorrow. Got a pretty busy day, but I'm going to try to squeeze that in to go by. But just want to share that little story with you, but it was, it, it was just neat. Uh, to, to visit with her and, and, uh, you know, and you think about where she came from, what, you know, what, what caused her to be there, what's her life like, uh, you know, does she make enough money to get by? Um, and, uh, anyway, just pretty, pretty, uh, just, a, just a wonderful evening. So, uh, hope you have one of those this weekend. Uh, but I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to finish up the story and, and tell you about the twist. So I'm doing all this digging about Mark Middleton, who was the aide to Bill Clinton. That's what we've been talking about uh, for the last, oh, I'd say 30 minutes or so. And uh, uh, actually uh, 25 minutes and 40 seconds to be exact. And um, and and so, you know, I was digging, you know, what what Mark Middleton do? And, and, you know, he was an aide at the White House for Clinton. And then he left. And then they did a... Uh, investigation, which was really strange because they did this investigation. It wasn't the Capitol Police, wasn't the Secret Service. It was just the White House. And the reason they did it, and, and I'm going to just tell you, Mark Milton, and this is my own opinion, but if you remember, they were under a lot of, you remember the Lincoln bedroom uh, debacles and, and, you know, they were supposedly selling access and all that. Well, that wasn't Mark Milton. That was them. And so, all of a sudden, when the heat is on them, they go back two years, two years now after, and this is not the twist, just hang with me, uh, and, and all of a sudden find out that Mark Milton's using the White House for, you know, for his own, uh, uh, purposes for his business. And, and all they did is they made him a fall guy. Well, well, let me tell you something, and, and this is something you already figured out and you already know. If, if, you're my friend or I'm your friend and I get caught doing wrong and I go back two years and drudge up something on you uh, to obfuscate from my wrong. Uh, I'm not only a friend, I, I'm, I'm, I am the scum of the earth. Uh, if I would not, you know, one, take uh, the, the heat for what I did, but what is worse is go back and try to find something to substantiate and to obfuscate uh, what I did and and put it all on you. And here's a man, you know, I don't know nothing about anything about the man, 
but if he hung around the Clintons, you know, that's enough. But that basically put his life on hold for them. I, I'm sure raised and gave. In fact, he was their finance chairman for their presidential campaign for the first one, I believe. Uh, may have been the second one. Uh, but, um, so basically devoted his life, uh, to their, uh, you know, their popularity, to their uh, path to success, for them to make hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, he was an intricate part of that. And the thanks that he gets for that is when they start getting some heat on them, they use him as a scapegoat. That's the kind of people, uh, that you're dealing with there with no scruples, no morals, uh, no backbone, no standard, uh, cowards to the nth degree, uh, if indeed that's what happened. So here's the twist, because uh, you've been waiting a long time, and I apologize, but that's, uh, you know, that's, that's what you do in radio. You kind of leave you hanging, right? Uh, <laughs> but here's the twist. So I'm doing all this study. I'm digging around, looking, you know, Mark Milton, and I find this. And it involves no none other than Donald J. Trump. So the story goes that uh, when President Trump uh, wrote his book, The Art of the Deal, um, I don't know if Mark Milton asked for a copy. I don't know if there was some connection to them. I don't know if there was a lot of, you know, I know later there became a lot of animosity between the Trumps and the Clintons, and that was not always the case. They were actually, uh, I don't know if they were running buddies, but, you know, at least uh, Trump uh, donated to them, and they were at shared events and so forth. So they definitely weren't adversarial, at least that is my impression. Uh, but somewhere along the way, and I'm sure it was in the time that Mark Milton, uh, because Donald Trump's from New Jersey or New York, rather, and Mark Milton's from Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, so I think the, the path crossing happened probably when he was in the White House. And again, that's supposition on my part. But here's the fascinating part of this. Is sitting in the Clinton Library right here, we call it the double wide. It looks just like a trailer house, but it's stainless steel and it sticks out over the river. It's supposed to emulate a bridge, uh, but it looks like a uh, a single wide rather that somebody parked too close to the river and a third or, or half of it sticking out over the water. And, uh, but that's supposed to be a bridge, but it's really a chrome looking single wide, uh, sticking out over the water. But be that as it may, uh, it is actually a pretty, uh, a very good library. I've been through it just because it's right here. And, uh, I, I, I love my wife and I love touring. Uh, president, presidential libraries, and so we took one for the team and, and toured it. Uh, <clears throat> so in the archives in the presidential library of uh, William Jefferson Clinton is a, uh, a copy of the Art of the Deal that is addressed to, not to William Jefferson Clinton, but to Mark Middleton, and it is from Donald J. Trump. But that's not the twist. That's part of the twist. But in the inscription, so Trump says, Mark, you know, uh, and then writes uh, a reference 
to Mark's mom. And it is not profane. It is not um, coarse or crass in the wording, but it is the terminology. Not not, and I, again, I'm not going to say it, but the inference is the things that guys do say to each other when they're trying to insult each other. I, I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm thinking. Why is that in the Clinton Library? What What is the story behind that? And I wasn't able, I didn't find much on it, and, and I actually have a picture of it, uh, a, a picture of the uh, the sign and, and what is said. Uh, and I just thought it fascinating. I didn't know if there, I, I don't know if there was a falling out. I don't know if there was something there about, uh, and then there is the the remotest of possibilities that it is not innuendo. It is not uh, meant to be a a slide or a slam or an insult. It is it is it is just an expression of of uh, of friendship and 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 so forth. So uh, I'll let you look it up and you read it and then you can make the determination because. But I, I found that so incredibly bizarre as I was digging into this story. So I hope that was worth the wait. I know I drug that out quite, a, uh, quite, a, and I, I'll try not to do that quite as bad uh, on the flip flop. I, I want to get into the race in Pennsylvania, and uh, there are a lot of moving parts of this. Uh, part of this is, as some of you may know, that Doc Washburn, and I got some stuff to tell you there about the race going on here, and it is getting interesting. I'll just put it that way, but I'm, I'm going to explain here in a moment. Uh, but this race in Pennsylvania, it, it, it connects Sarah Huckabee Sanders, whom, uh, Doc is running against, and, and, uh, and even if, if I may say so myself, we're running a phenomenal campaign and that's no pat on my back. It is the phenomenal 120, 30, 40, probably up to now volunteers that we have all over the state of Arkansas. It, it is the textbook of what a group of people can do. We got people giving mostly in Arkansas, but we have people giving from all over the United States. We had people last night. I made a plea for a couple of house representative guys that we're supporting and you gave them money last night. And I'm going to mention them again tonight. And I want, I could not thank you enough. And they were so thankful and wanted me to tell you how thankful uh, they are. And we're just so honored to have this platform and to have you as listeners. Uh, but, uh, this uh, this race in Pennsylvania is fascinating. Uh, it includes Donald Trump. It includes uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, it includes Mike Pompeo. Uh, it includes a, a lot of major players and some of those who are actually running in Pennsylvania. But there is some irony and there is some twist there, and I'm, and I'm using twist tonight uh, uh, a lot. Uh, but but I, I think you're going to find it fascinating, uh, and uh, we'll be right back and right after these messages, uh, and we're going to delve into it. Give me just a second. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach 
of the federal government, what better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together. With you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 501- 303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right. We're talking about the Pennsylvania race for senator, and uh, it started out uh, one of the strangest things, uh, races, I think, yet. And this is one of the things about President Trump that is just uh, somewhat mind-boggling, and that is the um, tendency, I-, I think, to 
to listen listen to other people. Uh, and, and some of that is loyalty. I, I really believe this. I believe there's a lot of decisions he makes. He does them because somebody has stuck with him. It's not necessarily the best decision, but he feels like it's the right decision based on people that have hung with him and stuck with him. And, uh, and we see that with, you know, over and over again, quite honestly. Uh, and we see that with President Trump. And, and here's what the irony. Uh, again, Doc Washburn, uh, our host here is running for the governor of Arkansas and he's running against Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was the spokesperson for President Trump. Sarah Huckabee Sanders went to Pennsylvania, uh, instead of campaigning here for governor. I guess she thought she had it in the bag. Um, but she goes and she, uh, starts campaigning for, uh, David McCormick, I believe is his name. Uh, David McCormick is actually a, um, a former, tre- I believe, Treasury uh, uh, official in the Trump administration. Uh, and uh, at least some have said that he is, uh, you know, just a flat globalist. Uh, now, uh, Pompeo, is, whom I really like, is supporting him. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. Pompeo, I believe, is supporting. Yes, yes, I think it is McCormick. He's supporting. Uh, there's some other uh, high-ranking officials. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, as I said, uh, is supporting McCormick. But Donald J. Trump, instead of supporting his own Treasury official, is he is supporting uh, Mehmet Oz, or as a lot of people know him as, uh, Dr. Oz, the celebrity heart surgeon, and uh, he is endorsing him. I believe there's a couple of reasons. One, uh, I know they had a history at, I believe it was NBC. Um, also, I believe it also is because they're probably friends, and he felt like it was what he needed to do and the right thing to do. And, and you have to remember about Donald J. Trump. Donald Trump, President Trump, uh, was was not a Republican. He's probably still not a Republican. Uh, he, he wasn't even, he was probably, uh, you know, a center right Democrat. Uh, he would have made a great Democrat back in the sixties and, and so, and, uh, probably would be considered a left of center Republican. But then when he became president or when he was running for president, he had the establishment that were slamming him. He had the media slamming him. He had the Democrats slamming him. And uh, the things he was saying, he wasn't saying them as a Democrat or Republican. He was saying them because the nation was going to hell in a handbasket and they needed to be said. The border needed to be secured. The dead needed to be brought under control and on and on. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, what happened is I believe all of this opposition from uh, left of center, center and left of center, and the media, as does most presidents, it, even the liberal ones, it moved him to the right. And once he moved to the right, he's like, you know, this, this feels good. This is what needs to be done anyway. Because see, conservatism is not, is not an ideology. Conservatism is not a, um, you know, is not based on emotion or based on what we want. Uh, but conservatism is based on principles that are, uh, 
that that are immutable that cannot be changed it's just like our rights and so um but yet he can't help himself you know he, most of his trouble was was the people he put around the Rex Tillersons the Kellys the you know uh uh, Pre- uh, uh and and the Nikki Haley's even uh and and then later Sarah Huckabee Sanders who he Finally silence and then she just kind of wilted off into the, you know, into the night, uh, after the longest tenure ever of not having any press conferences. Uh, he finally just pulled the plug on her and, and kind of let people forget about her and let her fade out and to repay her, uh, I think for that embarrassment, he endorsed her. And then what does she do? She goes to, uh, Indiana. And raises money with Mike Pence, who stabbed President Trump and the American people in the back. And she endorsed French Hill, who said that President Trump saying the election was stolen in 2020 was a fable and a fallacy. And she endorsed John Bozeman, who said that President Trump well could be prosecuted for his role in January the 6th. She endorsed all those people and said that uh, Asa Hutchinson were the chief uh, uh, critics of President Trump. Uh, she said he was doing a great job as governor. And, uh, and so President Trump comes out and he endorses his friend because he's not an ideologue. He endorses his friend, uh, Mehmet, uh, Oz. And then Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Mike Pompeo and others, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, and others, they endorse, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Hannity did, they endorsed David McCormick, who's a, I believe a treasury, but he was in, he was in the administration of the, of, of President Trump for sure. Uh, and none of these people are MAGA. None of them are make America great again. They're, they're at best moderates and at worst they're globalists and liberals. Uh, bottom line. And, uh, and so here comes, you know, and I think of this, uh, because you have this celebrity, uh, Mehmet Oz. And so instantly I think of Wizard of Oz, the Wizard of Oz. And you know, he's, here's a celebrity, kind of like Donald Trump. But the problem is, he doesn't have the cachet of Donald Trump. He doesn't have the convictions of Donald Trump. He's not willing to say the things that need to be said, uh, that President Trump said, or, and does still say. And just have the, the, you gotta have a sense of what people are uh, wanting and what, what they're looking for. And you're not saying it because you think they want to hear it. You know it's right and they're right and you have to get with their program because they're right. And, uh, that's exactly what Donald J. Trump did. Well, Mehmet Oz doesn't have that. David McCormick doesn't have that. David McCormick is like, uh, running for office in a time of MAGA, in a time of Trumpers, is like Hillary Clinton speaking in a black Baptist church saying, I'm in no ways tired. Uh, and it comes off fake. It comes off phony. Uh, they can clap and uh, people can clap and hoop and holler all they want because, you know, it's Hillary Clinton. Uh, but everybody that looks at that, that has an ounce of objectivity, black and white, rolls their eyes and says, that's embarrassing. Uh, it's embarrassing when you heard it. It's embarrassing when you watch it again. Uh, and that's David McCormick talking about uh, conservative things. But here's Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, up there pounding the payment for the guy.
And then along, so I think of Mehmet Oz as, uh, I I think of him as, as, as the wizard, the wizard of Oz, uh, no pun intended. Because I think he's, you know, when you look behind the curtain, he sounds like man bigger than life. You know, he's this brand, uh, huge name recognition. And, uh, but when you pull back the curtain, there's not a lot there. Uh, I see, David McCormick as um, the Tin Man, because there's uh, which one didn't have a brain? It was the Tin Man that didn't have a heart. He wanted a heart, right? Yeah, and the yeah yeah the Tin Man. Uh, so I so I see David McCormick as the Tin Man. He he's just a machine. He's a you know he's a uh, wealthy uh, you know aristocrat. Uh, and, you know, now wants to hold office. He's bored making money. Uh, but no, no heart. You know, couldn't get up and give a speech that would move people if you put a gun to his head. Not going to happen. Um, but then along comes, and I don't have anybody to be the scarecrow right now, but maybe I can scare up somebody. No pun intended there either. Uh, but then comes Dorothy, and Dorothy's the star of the show, and that's Kathy Barnett. I think Kathy Barnett is Dorothy. She, uh, and I'm going to play you a little bit of, uh, of, of something. Listen, I, I did a little bit of research before I, I got on a limb here. Uh, and ironically, you have Sean Hannity, man, just blasting her saying she's unelectable. Well, guess what, Sean? Uh, one, if you're saying, uh, she's unelectable and no, no one should vote for her, that means everybody in the primary probably is going to vote for her because we will do the opposite of what you say. And so, uh, when, when I follow people like, uh, Jack Posobiec <coughs> and other people, uh, that, uh, and, and they've checked her out and then I did some of my own checking. I went back to, um, I believe it was, 2016. No, 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 this was, yeah, it must have been around 2016. And, uh, found a, a clip of, uh, of her. And I, I found this to be just, just fascinating. It was, it was really, really, uh, good. Uh, and I wanted to, if, if I can find it here, I want to, I want to play it for you. I just thought it was so, uh, I thought it was so fitting. Uh, let, let me go to commercial. I'm going to find this for you. When we come back, we're going to finish uh, this Pennsylvania and the Wizard of Oz. Be right back. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, 
reproductive system, the circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Uh, I want to read you a few things of Kathy Barnett. Uh, one of the things that has been said about her, and it, it, it has some truth to it, and that was she was not in 20, uh, let me, let me back up here. I'm talking about if you're just joining us, I'm talking about Kathy Barnett, who's running for, uh, sent this, uh, for a senator of the state of Pennsylvania. She run against David McCormick and Mehmet Oz, uh, the Dr. Oz of, of the television fame. And uh, I, I call this the uh, the Wizard of Oz uh, in uh, the Pennsylvania version uh, because Mamet Oz is running. And I said that I believe Kathy Barnett is is Dorothy. I think David uh, McCormick is the Tin Man, uh, either looking for a brain and a heart, probably. Uh, so we'll say he's the Tin Man and the Straw uh, the Scarecrow because I. I, I have my metaphors mixed up here, are my characters. But in uh, 2016, I believe it is, uh, she's talking about how Trump's not conservative. Well, guess what? I was saying the same thing. I was a supporter of uh, of Ted Cruz. I, we had Ted Cruz. We hosted Ted Cruz at our church. I think I've told you that before. Had between three and 4,000 people. We're not able to count all of them. But uh, we, we were in a huge, gymna- or a huge gymnasium, and they were around the walking track on the top. Uh, the bottom floor was packed. Uh, we had a center stage set up, and that place was just packed. And Ted Cruz was there. I mean, it was full. And uh, we were happy to host it because I was all in for Ted Cruz. And then when I saw the things that President Trump was saying, and then I saw that the, the establishment was against him, and the press was against him, and the Democrats was against him. I was like, no, 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 this is the guy. So in fairness to Kathy Barnett, uh, early 2016, I was not. In fact, I voted for Ted Cruz in the primary, and and I'm ashamed of that. Uh, and then, of course, I voted for President Trump uh, in the general, and I voted for him in the following primary, and I voted for him uh, in the following general. But... Uh, so, so for for people to say, well, Kathy Barnett uh, was not a, on board with Trump in 2016. Well, a lot of people weren't were not on board, but we certainly are now. Um, but Sean Hannity has been saying, you know, that she uh, is not a real conservative and talking about her. And and we don't know. We we know what David McCormick is. We know what Mehmet Oz is. Uh, you know, they're they're the typical milk toast. I say take a take a flyer on Kathy Barnett, uh, and I'm going to give you some stuff here in a minute. Somebody else says she attended BLM riots, uh, but I'm going to show you something from 2015, 2016, maybe a little later. <coughs> and it was. It was a little bit later when the BLM stuff started, uh, maybe 2020, uh, 2019, something like that. And uh, she, she's, she's scorching BLM. 
because of their Marxist leaning. So uh, you don't buy into that. But listen to this. Sean Hannity said she's not, you know, she's not real conservative. Well, that's rich coming from Sean Hannity. She says if, San, uh, if Sean Hannity wants to claim his show is fair and balanced, then bring me on in studio with Dr. Oz and let's have a fair and balanced discussion. I'm blocking out 9 p.m. on Monday just for you, Sean. Ratings will be huge. See you then. Uh, then she says the fact is when you call out the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, and the Federal Reserve, the establishment is not going to love you. She did say some things about homosexuality. She said some things about Muslims uh, that that come off, um, you know, pretty pretty bigoted uh, and and narrow thinking. Uh, but uh, there are things that uh, you know. Uh, by far and large are, are, uh, there's a lot of truth. And so, you know, it's, it's probably what she said. Steve Deese, who is, for the most part, I think, uh, I think I may have had trouble with him, uh, relative to President Trump, uh, later. Uh, you know, he didn't, he never got on board, uh, if I remember right. Uh, but he said, I just had Kathy, uh, Barnett on my show going, going back to my local radio days. I've exposed plenty of political frauds just with questioning. So she should also be vetted like everyone else. But if she's a fraud like Hannity claims, she's the best I've ever seen. She came across as very real and sincere. And then she says the fact is that establishment does not like it when regular people rise up and try to run for office. They don't like it when people like you and me have the chance to actually make real change. Uh, they are scared and they should be. The status quo is dying. Now, I'm going to tell you the number one. I'm going to give you some more of this here in a moment about her and uh, just how strange this is because Donald Trump is endorsing uh, Mehmet Oz, who he used to work with, and I think actually worked for Donald Trump's production company, if I remember right. Maybe Trump even... Uh, was the creator of, of the Oz, Dr. Oz show. Uh, I have to double check that. I think, I was thinking that was Oprah, but maybe her and Trump were, uh, partners at one time or, or did some joint uh, things together. That just seems like it's right. Um, but then you have his own, uh, administration official, David McCormick, whom he didn't endorse. But his former spokesperson, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, does endorse and goes to Pennsylvania to raise money for. <coughs> you have Mike Pompeo, who was President Trump's Secretary of State, who doesn't endorse the guy that President Trump endorsed, Mehmet Oz, but endorses David McCormick. And then you have uh, Kathy Barnett that just all the people like because she's leading the polls right now. It's slim, but she's leading. Um and so he, here's, and if I find this, I'll actually read it to you. But here's the thing I read, a, I listened to a quote from her the other day, and this is all I needed to know. Uh, because even if she's not genuine, that she said this tells me she's got something that we need to examine, and that is this. She said, for us to move forward as a party and as a nation, she said Mitch, and she's running for the Senate. She's not running for the House. She said Mitch McConnell needs to go. 
Folks, that right there, I'm telling you, I told you last night, didn't I? I said, that is the winning message, or yesterday's uh, episode. I said, that is the winning message. If you have the courage to stand up, if you run for the Senate, and say, if I'm elected to the U.S. Senate, uh, Mitch McConnell will be replaced if it's up to me. I will vote absolutely. I pledge right here and now to vote against Mitch McConnell. Uh, and that right there is a winning message. If you are running for the House, and if you're running for the House and you listen to this or somebody you know is listening to it, you get this to them and you tell them uh, the Dot Washburn Show, uh, Donnie Copeland sitting in for Dot Washburn said this, and that is, if you will get up and say, if I'm elected to the House of Representatives, I pledge to you I will not vote for Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. I'll vote for a Jim Jordan. I'll vote for somebody that will actually get something done and not talk. Uh, I'm telling you, that is the winning message. And when I heard that, I was like, I'm done. She's it. I'm sending her some money. I'm, I, I'm in. Then Diamond and Silk, whom I love, says, I'm a, we're going to try to have them on the show too. I'd love to have them on. Uh, but, but I won't, I won't, uh, we've got a great guest coming on, uh, uh, one of, uh, Michael Reagan's coming on in, in a few weeks, uh, but we're saving those guests for Doc because he does a phenomenal job. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that, and so he'll do a wonderful job. But Diamond and Silk, uh, and and I have my problems with Michael Reagan, uh, but because of his criticism of President Trump, but the cause that he is one as President Trump's, I mean President Reagan's son. But two, uh, the cause that he is promoting, we felt like it was a good thing to do. So with Diamond and Silk, we're talking about the Senate race in Pennsylvania. Uh, Diamond and Silk said, and this was on Twitter, if Dr. Oz was really leading in the polls, uh, why was he bashing and trashing his opponent, Kathy Barnett, on Hannity? They only smear who they fear. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, here's a Wendelin, uh, and, uh, she said, uh, people in Pennsylvania, please do some research. Kathy Barnett is not who you think. She attended BLM riots. I don't, I don't believe that because she may have been a counter protester because I, I saw, I've seen too many videos of her speaking out really hard against them way back, not when she was running for the Senate. Uh, uh, she said America is systematically racist, hates gays, lesbians, Muslims, and President Trump. Read her tweets. She says America first is the Biden regime. Uh, she says Trump is just as liberal as Democrat leaders. We currently have an office. Uh, morality matters, and Trump does not rank high in it. There's nothing there that's not right. I mean, it's not true. Trump turned out to be... Uh, probably the best president of my lifetime, including Ronald Reagan. But what uh, Kathy Barnett says here in uh, 2015 is, is in 2015, what we knew about Donald Trump being just as liberal as the D-leaders who are currently in office and probably the Republican leaders too, she wasn't wrong. Uh, and if morality matters, Trump does not rank high in it. She wasn't wrong there. Um did you see the last presidential debate? Trump was horrible. Uh, even Rubio challenged the, the more, uh, moderator, uh, asking him demanding questions. Uh, 
And so, uh, anyway, she, she makes a reference. I'm not going to read that because not all of it's here. Uh, but I think she videoed something and it was someone, uh, of the same sex making some type of advancement toward her and she was asking people to pray. So the context there is pretty important. Uh, Kathy Burnett, or Barnett, uh, this was in what, 2016 said, don't we get it? Obama's a Muslim. I don't know how that's, I mean, he is. So I don't know how that's, um, I don't know how that's, you know, um, uh, election wizard said Kathy Barnett on the 40 billion to Ukraine. Her quote, I would be a hard no. So I'm telling you, I like this lady. Every time you, this is Kathy Barnett. Every time you think you've discovered how deep the swamp is, you realize you've barely, you've barely scraped the surface. The establishment will do anything to not lose their grip. The power of the people is the only thing that can stop them. Uh, Working class Americans are barely getting by, uh, on and on and on. So it's good stuff there. And I, I think the preponderance of the evidence is, yeah, is she controversial? But so is Donald Trump. Did she say some pretty tough things? Yes, she did. Um, but man, uh, I, this is not common times. Uh, and, uh, David McCormick, who is milk toast, uh, Mehmet Oz, who is a fake conservative, uh, and you go back and look, even with President Trump's um, President Trump's endorsement, uh, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, and uh, that brings me to the uh, the whole dynamic in Pennsylvania. And this again proves the depth and the width and the and the bandwidth of the Trump voter. Uh, when Trump, when President Trump comes out for the vaccines in Georgia. At a rally, people boo. When President Trump comes out for a liberal or for a moderate, people do not vote for that person, the, the Trump voter. They do not blindly follow President Trump. And I think uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was his spokesperson, uh, she comes to Arkansas with his endorsement and just automatically assumes that she's just going to walk in the governor's mansion because she's got 14 point three or whatever it is today, million. And here's Doc Washburn with his little $100,000 campaign. Uh, but got this army of people all around him, and he's saying the things that people believe. And he's saying when the Supreme Court rules here in the state of Arkansas that a school district can dictate whether a child wears a mask from the age of three up to uh, uh, pre-K three all the way up to 12th grade, and and Doc Washburn comes out and says, on day one of my administration, I'll sign an executive order forbidding anyone to require anybody to wear a mask or to be vaccinated, both uh, corporate mandates or public mandates. Uh, she, to this day, has still not said a word about that Supreme Court ruling. Uh, and, and on and on, uh, uh, everything that has happened, uh, everything that takes place, uh, she, when... Uh, uh, Asa Hutchinson went on, uh, the, uh, with George Stephanopoulos this last Sunday morning and, uh, I believe State of the Union and said, uh, or this week, uh, State of the Union or whatever and said, uh, that he didn't believe in a national abortion ban. He felt like that should be by the individual states, uh, because that was more in line with the Constitution. What he was saying was that, 
uh, it is okay to kill children, uh, and, uh, and, and Doc Washman came out strong against him, and Sarah Huggins Sanders has till this day not said a word about it. And so it's pretty clear, uh, that, uh, the same dynamics that are lining up in, uh, Pennsylvania are lining up here. President Trump may be endorsing her. Oh, oh, I wonder, I want to share this with you that I thought was just fascinating. Some stuff that has been coming down the, the pike. Uh, and that is, uh, there has been, um, a, a huge groundswell of, um, Democrats crossing over and voting for, uh, for Doc because they, they hate Sarah Huckabee Sanders so much. And, uh, but, but that's not all. You have these very conservative voters just coming out of the woodwork. The numbers, early voting numbers are through the roof. And they may be coming out and voting for Sarah Huckabee Sanders because she uh, is endorsed by President Trump. That may be the case. And we may find that out on May 24th. But it looks like, and it looks like from the crowds that Doc has when he goes, I've been with him a few times, but I've been staying here and doing the podcast while he travels with uh, his driver, Marvin. And uh, great crowds, money coming in every single day. Uh, you know, I always need more because we're trying to get the message out. But we've reached o- almost a million people uh, on YouTube and Facebook uh, right here in Arkansas. And uh, and so it's been phenomenal, the the breadth and the width of, of, of what we've been able to build. And so proud of everybody working. And I've never, in all my years of running candidates and being a candidate, I've not met a harder working candidate and a better candidate as far as articulating, uh, having strong conservative principles and then being able to communicate those principles. I've not seen anybody do it any better and do it, uh, nonstop for, for four months, uh, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. Uh, Doc Washburn at 60, seven years of age. He's just a machine. And so it's just, it's really, really exciting to watch. So I want to encourage you, go to uh, elect.washburn.com, drop in a few bucks and uh, help us get the message out. Or you can go to docwashburnshow.com, become a patron and support the show. We would love for you to do that. Leave us a message. You can text me at copeland.donny at gmail.com. Also, we're pushing a couple of state reps. If you can drop in 25, 50 bucks on those guys, uh, one is uh, gregbland.net, gregbland, B-L-A-N-D.net. He's running against, uh, a establishment Republican who's the, actually the majority leader of the state house here in Arkansas who voted for all the taxes and, uh, and, and started out as a very conservative. Actually, he was my colleague when I was in the house and, uh, the more he stayed, the more he, was bought off by the liberals and uh, by big money and by the woke corporations and uh, totally changed. So much so that the uh, one of the big think tanks here that supported him on, early on now is supporting Greg Bland. So go to gregbland.net and uh, and uh, you, you won't be sorry. You, you'll be, and, and if it's just 10 or 15 bucks, whatever you can do, uh, if you, if you can drop a hundred, fifty, whatever, 
And then the other one is BruceEmerson.com, BruceEmerson.com, or Bruce Emerson. If you just Google Bruce Emerson or DuckDuckGo, Bruce Emerson, and Bruce is running against a very liberal Republican in the primary and could certainly use your help. Uh, we're going to come back here in just a second and finish up the show today. I'm so thankful uh, that you were here with us, and uh, we always love our Tweet of the Day, and so we're going to bring you that right now. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. All right, Tweet of the Day. And uh, we're just so thankful again uh, for Red River Your Way for bringing us the Tweet of the Day. And uh, it just means so much to us. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. Um, let me see here. I had one from, uh, have you got to see the... Uh, see 2000 mules. I have not got to actually watch it yet. Um, I, I think part of the tweet of the day is, uh, Donald, if you've not seen it, you got to go to Twitter or just Google MAGA King and it's a meme of, uh, Trump. Uh, it says, um, t- uh, yeah, Tommy Lauren. Probably has a tweet. She does. She has a tweet of the day. If illegals are receiving pallets of baby formula, as has been reported, that is the biggest load of cow manure I've heard of in a long time. And every American should be as mad as the devil's hometown. I cleaned that up quite a bit uh, because I started reading it and then I saw that. Um, but uh, it is true. And, and we've been seeing that. Uh, uh, Oh, I love this statement by President Trump, and this is a tweet uh, that was actually put out by Dinesh D'Souza's daughter and uh, Danielle. It says, 2,000 Mules is now available for digital download. This is actually on President Trump's letterhead. 2,000 Mules is now available for digital download. Every American must see this movie. It's the most important political documentary ever made because it reveals with irrefutable proof what really happened in the 2020 election. The film is now on two great platforms where the radical left cannot censor it or take it down. Watch it at SalemNow.com or 2000mules.locals.com. And uh, so uh, anyway, that is... Uh, that is our show for the day. We're so thankful that you joined us. Hope you have a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. I may slip in on Saturday and uh, do a special podcast. I still owe you the uh, how immigration, uh, how social social security, terrorism, and abortion are all connected. And uh, I'm going to do a special show. I may do that on Saturday. I've got a pretty full day on Saturday. But if I can squeeze it in, I'm going to do that. I want to do it before Doc comes back uh, because once he gets in the saddle, uh, he's riding. So thank you so much. I can't uh, tell you uh, enough how much I thank you and our sponsors for everything that you do for us, for listening uh, share, make sure you share this. Tell people about it. Hey man, have you listened to the Dot Washburn Show podcast? And, uh, make sure you can get it on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Or you can go to DotWashburnShow.com if you would like to know more about our sponsors. Just simply go to DotWashburnShow.com and all those links with our sponsors' names there at the top are live links. You can click on the link, go right to their website and, uh, and we would, I know they would love to have you visit. Uh, 
and uh, we ourselves here at the show, uh, we all use uh, all the products here that we uh, tout. So we thank you so much.